Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Leadership Matters podcast. My name is Valerie Jackman and I'm Leadership Lead at CDN. The purpose of this mini-series is to explore leadership from different perspectives. What can we learn from the past? What's required for the future? And from where can we draw inspiration? Today, I am delighted to be joined by Janet Whitley, Collective Leadership Lead at Scottish Government. Janet is an experienced public service leader who has undertaken a range of roles that have enabled her to directly influence the future shape and strategic direction of organisations. She thrives on the challenge of instigating and delivering organisational development, finding ways to place people and communities at the heart of collective leadership work. Over the next 30 minutes, Janet and I are going to be chatting about the work of Collective Leadership Scotland and how leaders in the FE sector may become involved. So, Janet, I've been fortunate enough to be involved in a number of projects and developmental opportunities offered by Collective Leadership. But for the benefit of the listeners, what exactly is Collective Leadership Scotland? Thanks for that, Valerie, and thank you for your introduction. I think Collective Leadership for Scotland is really drawing very much upon the Christie Report, which, as as we are all recognising, is now 10 years old, and which really put the ideas of collaboration and participation right at the centre of of what we need to do in terms of our public services, with a strong emphasis on communities and how we can work together to improve those outcomes for communities. So the work of collective leadership really began when the Christie Report came out back in in 2011. And it's been a a, a gradual evolution since that time, working very deliberately with partners and colleagues and organisations right across public services, seeking to develop ways of offering development that can help our partners and our colleagues in the practice of collaboration and collective leadership. So that's, that was our origins and, and the work's developed over time to have um, a really clear strategy over the last couple of years, which um, is, is absolutely recognising that working and leading in the times that we're in, particularly when we're thinking about the complex societal issues that, that many of us are working on, it's absolutely clear that none of us can solve those on our own, that, that, that there's an absolute requirement to think about bringing um, partners and colleagues together around these issues. And and collective leadership offers a range of practices to support the development of that collective leadership to address complex societal issues. Okay, that's that's a lovely description. And if we're to dig down a little bit more, so you're saying a range of practices, what what kind of practices? Yes, um, I think the practice of leadership um, builds on a range of different sorts of theories which underpin them, but you're right to draw attention to the practices, because for me that's actually what makes very accessible and very distinctive what we're offering through collective leadership. So there's five key elements in terms of of what we think of in terms of the, the core components of collective leadership. The first is about practices that support self reflection. And I think, you know, many of us today are experiencing the rapid, demanding pace of work and actually taking the time to pause, to reflect, 
to um, have a bit of stillness, however small, can make an enormous difference between being able to think through maybe a different approach or to engage with a partner in a different kind of way. So that would be the first component, building in self-reflection, building in that, that opportunity to pause. And there's practices like journaling or, or you know, I guess different, different ways of thinking of building in mindfulness practice or lots of different things. But it's all about creating that pause, creating that, that stillness that allow us to be truly present in the work that we do. Mm-hmm. The second is, is about, I suppose, understanding that we're working in complex living systems and thinking about the practice of leadership as it applies to complex living systems. So it's not about a kind of um, linear approach, accepting that a hierarchical and linear approach is unlikely to provide us with the solutions when we're thinking about complex societal issues. And so embracing ways of working which recognise that that we're working with with uncertainty, we're working with um, not knowing in lots of different sorts of ways, we're working with, with, um, I suppose, a, a practice that offers us um, a recognition that there's not a linear path to get to an endpoint. So that, that probably requires a different mindset, so a kind of practice about working in complexity and what that might mean. The third element is about uh, working with curiosity and an inquiring stance. So coming into the situation, losing that sense of being you know, perhaps a hierarchical leader who has to have the answer <laughs> and recognising that, again, just keep coming back to, to the fact that we're thinking about really wicked, complex societal issues. It's not a model of leadership that applies to every single issue. But for those sorts of issues, recognising that coming in with, with um, thoughtful questions and an openness in terms of what, what other people might might offer into those questions is, is most likely to, to allow us to make progress around the issues. So a kind of inquiring stance would mean we wouldn't have a foregone conclusion in our minds about what's going to come out of a particular meeting or a, a particular conversation, that we're genuinely listening to contributions from other partners and colleagues, and that we, we have an openness to what comes from those diverse perspectives so that that kind of um model that we use um within that is action inquiry and and that really um allows us to think about carefully phrased questions to delve more deeply into what the possibilities are with a range of partners and to try stuff out it's it's about you know i guess trying things and learning from that as well Fourth aspect is about uh, relational practices. So, so recognizing this is about human relations in a group. It's about, again, listening with depth and intent, surfacing the diversity of views with, with the ways that we ask questions, building relationships and recognizing the importance of that. And so that, that kind of whole relational strand and also recognising that in any group that's working on um, you know, an issue, be it a management group or you know, a community planning partnership, whatever the group, how that functions has a whole array of human relations dimensions as well. So just have an awareness about all of those relational different aspects. And then finally, the final practice um, is about just recognising that we're working with emergence. 
And so having a comfort and developing a comfort with working with emergence and finding ways to take action in uncertainty and think about different ways of knowing, for example, different practices that allow us to, to perhaps not just think intellectually about what the, the, the possibilities are, but to use different ways of knowing um, and working with what we have. So that's possibly quite a long-winded answer, but that would be, in a nutshell, what I would say collective leadership is. Oh, that, do you know, that's so lovely because I have been involved with, with collective leadership for a number of years, and I have never before heard it distilled down into those five key points. And I know that because of my own involvement, I mean, I would say that, that the learning my own learning through collective leadership has been most the most significant learning that I've ever done, you know, looking at the different programs that you've offered. So that's a beautiful insight. Um, thank you so much. Can you give us an example of maybe one of the projects that you've that you've done? Yes, I'm really happy to share um, something with you, Valerie. And I guess what comes to mind most quickly for me is some work that we're doing at present. So uh, a programme of work with local um groupings of senior leaders from police and local government. So at the moment we're working with two different localities and it's really an opportunity to work with, I suppose, a blend of the theories and models and inputs around collective leadership and what we mean by that, but really, really importantly, offering support in the practices of, of you know, the sorts of things that we've just been talking about and supporting colleagues in a group to work around a real complex issue that, that they are actually working on in their work in that locality. Yes. And so that's a really key element of what we've tended to do with collective leadership is to recognise that the learning is most likely to have the greatest potency if it's based on actual real work. Yes. So I don't mean a kind of project that's, that's invented, I mean the actual work that people are doing. Yeah. And so this work with police and local government has, um, as I say, it's, at the moment we're working in two different localities. And so there's, there's senior leaders from the police and from the local government um, in, in that locality, uh, in both instances, and sometimes some other organisations as well, learning together and then practising together yeah. over, um, I guess, some initial uh, programme input and some supported action inquiry groups to begin to explore the work together. I think um, what's been really interesting about that work is, you know, I guess very quickly, a recognition of how different even some of these things that we might, might quite sound quite simple when we see them, how different and countercultural they can feel when you're coming out of a very different environment, yeah. but also yeah. how quickly a group can really gel, and at present it's it's offered online, so offered in an online environment, how quickly the commonality of experience and, and the ability to really open up to a new way of doing things can can occur is is um you know is quite incredible. So even after the first session, a full day session. We would always um, embed uh, uh, reflective questions and embed inquiry in, in the work that we're doing. We already had participants coming back, having gone back to their teams and come back a few, few weeks later, talking about how their teams had noticed they were different, how they were pausing, how they were reflecting more, how they were holding their team means, meetings in a different kind of way, how they were 
holding themselves back from coming in with answers where in in normal uh, circumstances they would come straight straight in with answers and so just it, it might sound like quite small changes but I suppose what we're interested in is that those personal reflections and then the ripple effects and how the change in how a manager is or a leader is in a particular situation and how they're behaving with their team can immediately throw up different possibilities in terms of what might happen around the issue that they're working on. And so that, I guess, it feels very real to me because I'm hearing each of the sessions, I'm hearing the very live accounts from the leaders who are participating in the programme of what is happening differently for them in their real work. And so that's very reassuring in a way that, yeah. that we are onto something that makes a difference and it can make a difference quite quickly with some quite small changes, but also absolutely recognising that, that that's working against the culture. And I don't know about you, Valerie, but at present, it feels as if the pace of work <laughs> and the, the, the kind of um, rapid expectations that surround yeah. us in much yeah. of our work have re reached a kind of, um, you know, the, a, a heightened level that, that, that I don't know if we've ever experienced before. So I think it would always feel countercultural to do some of these things. Yeah. But actually now, probably even more so than ever before. And so I guess just recognising that some of these small changes, building in um, some of the practices can start to illustrate quite quickly to groups of leaders that there's something there's something in this and it can make a real difference for them and for their teams and then their potentially for their wider work. Yes. I, I think that's just so necessary for now, for these times. You know, we, we hear about VUCA times or complex times, but as you say, we, we are working in this kind of heightened sense where we need, or we, we feel we need answers and solutions quicker all the time. But what you're saying is if we're taking the time to actually listen and explore we can come to much, um, much more meaningful solutions. I got that right. Yes, no, I think that's exactly right, Valerie, in terms of, and I suppose just that that kind of um, the, the freeing effect of allowing some time <laughs> that, that seems to be experienced um, by, and I guess the, the, the work with police and local government is one example, but you're right to signal um, the role of facilitation as well, because that's always seemed really, really important in the work that we've been doing. So I suppose it's a recognition that making these sorts of changes in a piece of work can be incredibly difficult. And so having some really skilled facilitation yeah. to work alongside a leadership group or, or you know, a group that's working on an issue can be the game changer in terms of actually holding the space, holding, um, I guess, that, that kind of awareness of some of the models and, and, and the approaches that are most likely to be helpful yeah. and trying to really hold back from the tendency to revert to the way that we've always done things. Yeah. Because as we know, <laughs> if we keep on doing things the way, yeah, yeah, we, we all know the phrase, I think. And what we're looking for now is, is better outcomes, actually, and, and the opportunity to, to um, really appreciate that, that for some of these issues, they've been such long-standing issues my dog's barking is that going to ruin the <laughs> not at all not at all if it wasn't yours it was going to be mine or somebody else's so that's lovely <laughs> these sorts of long-standing issues 
there, there can be a feeling of hopelessness as well. So, so I guess that kind of sense, well, we've tried this and we've tried that and nothing seems to work. And, and you know, the, the figures are going in, in entirely the opposite direction. So what often I think we experience is, is a recognition that actually we need to try something different. there's nothing on offer that that seems to be offering a a route so if it means starting off a bit more slowly I mean what I always think is that actually by by going more slowly the chances are you'll get more quickly to a better outcome (laughs) is that investment in in proper reflection and engagement is far more likely to get to you know a a more um fitting um set of progress and a you know more, more fitting outcome than something that's just been kind of rapidly um thought up because somebody was on a really 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 tight time scale yeah so tell me if if leaders from the college sector then were interested in becoming involved how how would it could it benefit them what could they potentially bring um and how, how would they get involved mm-hmm. I think there's lots of different ways, Valerie, and, and I also recognise that there'll be lots of different kinds of people who are leaders in, in your mm. college network as well, and there might be different things that would you know that they would enjoy doing more than others. I mean, there's a number of programmes that we offer. We, we offer um, introductory workshops around collective leadership, and they're available every month. And then we offer um, workshops which are around the practices of collective leadership, and they're also available every month now. And we've got a... a global leadership campfire um online mini festival coming up on the first and second of september so with all of these sorts of of events and activities and programs that we offer they're entirely open you know deliberately entirely open but you know these would be some of the general opportunities for colleagues in the college sector to come along and get involved and in terms of the, the um, leadership campfires, for example, there's an opportunity to work with colleagues um, internationally. They've, they've arisen from international collaborations from colleagues in New Zealand and in the US. And, and I guess a lot of interesting mm-hmm. themes um, internationally about collective leadership um, and an opportunity to come together in, in the idea of a, a campfire conversation around those. So that might be a particular example. But yeah. over the year, we have a lot of those sorts of opportunities. So um, in the spring next year, we'll have our, um, our, our, our another festival of collective leadership, which again will be an opportunity for attending, participating and hosting a whole range of different events around collective leadership, what people have tried, what you know, what people have learned, um, sharing examples, sharing experiences. So those would be a couple of possibilities um, that would be immediately available. But what I would also say is within our team in, in collective leadership, we're always um, curious about exploring the strategic interventions that we can offer and that we can make with particular sectors or in particular geographies where there's an appetite to do something and where um, there's an appetite you know, to be supported perhaps in some learning. So that would be another route um, that would always be open if, if there were a group of college leaders who wanted you know, a fuller exploration of, of what we can offer or you know, if, if there was working around a particular issue or a particular locality, then we would always be interested in, in exploring what the possibilities are. 
And then finally, um, another thing to perhaps just mention is our uh, facilitation and leadership development program. So that's an in-depth, um, in, in normal times, residential program at present and online um, full week long program, which is really um, going below the surface in terms of perhaps the, the human relations aspects, as well as all of the, of the different practices around collective leadership really recognising that there's a role of facilitator, but there's also a role in terms of being a facilitative leader <laughs> and yeah. that both things can come together. So that's a further programme that, that we offer. Um, and the next one of those is, is in November. But the details are all available on our website, Valerie, but I think I would always be open for a conversation as with my colleagues in the practice team, if there was anything in particular that, that, that it was of interest to explore further. Um, well, I, I have, um, there are so many things there for me that I can see um, would be hugely beneficial for our FE sector, our college sector. And there's also what our leaders in the college sector might bring in terms of their own experience and their knowledge. And it's connecting to that bigger system. And as you say, the bigger system isn't just out with a particular sector. Now we have to work globally. And as you say, what you're offering does, it has that kind of reach that you're reaching out and sensing out what else is there. So you're saying everything that you've, you've described just now is on the website, so people can go and start to explore, and they can even contact you directly, can't they? Yes, that's right. And and through social media as well, we, we tend to provide links for, for what we're up to. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow Collective Leadership and that's often a good route to just keep up to date um, with anything new that's come out. But we do try and always make sure that the website's up to date with, with everything that we're doing as well. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that, for giving us an insight as to what Collective Leadership for Scotland is, what it what it does, how it, how it works. Um, and what you have to offer to, to the sector, to the FE sector. It's, it's always great to see um, further colleagues starting to, to get involved. And I yeah. suppose the purpose behind these sorts of events is, is absolutely, as you're describing, it's not about, um, in true collective leadership sense, it's not about us having all the answers. It's about recognising that everyone who participates has likely got some learning to offer and something to share. So it's a very reciprocal kind of arrangement okay janet thank you again for your time today i can't believe how quickly that time has gone um, i'm very grateful for what you've shared with us today thank you very much for the opportunity valerie thank you thank you